Nikkei Asia News Roundup with Jada and Brian. Welcome to the Nikkei Asia News Roundup with your hosts, Jada and Brian. Bringing you the latest updates and insights on the dynamic world of Asia and more. So we have an announcement for our listeners. Starting today, the Nikkei Asia News Roundup will be broadcast weekly instead of bi-weekly. So remember to join us every week for the latest episode. Now let's delve into the headlines. This program is brought to you by Nikkei. Indonesia's defense minister Prabowo Subianto is at risk of leading a bloated cabinet after a weak legislative vote. He has signaled for a big coalition calling for, quote, collaboration with rivals. The Singapore Air Show, Asia's largest aerospace and defense industry event, is back to full scale after a limited opening in 2022 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which severely disrupted air travel. An Indian citizenship law decried by critics as anti-Muslim is back in the spotlight over four years after it cleared parliament. Amid signs that Prime Minister Narendra Modi's ruling party is eager to implement it before upcoming elections. Property prices are falling in Hong Kong, with price cuts spreading for high-rise luxury apartments. The development partly suggests that affluent people in mainline China are turning their investment to Japan and overseas destinations. Japan achieved its first successful launch of the next-generation H-3 rocket on February 17th, achieving an important milestone in the country's push to become a competitive player in the commercial space industry. Pakistan's elections have cemented the rise of a local rights activist in the southwestern port of Gwadar, potentially affecting China's Belt and Road Initiative projects in the area. Now moving on to the next segment. China's Lunar New Year spending surges beyond pre-pandemic level. Travel and spending during China's Lunar New Year holiday surged beyond the pre-pandemic level seen in 2019, despite recent concerns over slowing economic growth. Total domestic trips for the eight-day period in mid-February rose 34.3 percent to 474 million, while tourism receipts grew 47.3 percent to $89 billion according to data from the Ministry of Culture and Tourism. That's 19% more in terms of trips and 7.7% more in terms of tourism spending on the equivalent period in 2019. Though China lifted its COVID-19 restrictions at the end of 2022, worries over resurgence in infections overshadowed last year's holidays, a period when people traditionally head to their hometown or resorts and other destinations to celebrate with family and friends. Japan's revamped NISA program seen benefiting U.S. and Indian stocks. 
Japanese investors taking part in a new tax-free investment program are favoring foreign over domestic equities, reflecting continuing fears about the stability of their home market. The new version of the Nippon Individual Savings Account, or NISA, took effect at the start of the year with an unlimited tax saving period and a higher annual investment limit of 3.6 million yen, or $24,000. In January, Japan-listed open-ended funds recorded 1.3 trillion yen of net inflows, up more than four times from the previous month, and the greatest amount since December 2021, according to a Morningstar report. Although Japanese equity funds doubled their net inflows in January to 130 billion yen from the previous month, it was one-ninth of the inflows to global equity funds, data shows. One portfolio manager in Hong Kong said, quote, I just think it's quite sad Japanese retail investors are buying overseas equities instead of domestic Japan equities with no currency risk. And now for news highlights. In each episode, Jada and I have a discussion about a recent article that has particularly captured our attention. So today we are going to talk about Japan's marriage ice age. Yeah, that's a very uh, kind of a depressing phrase if yes. you think about it. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's not unique to Japan, mm-hmm. but it's something that unfortunately Japan seems to be at the forefront of. Yeah, we're seeing countries like South Korea experience uh, kind of the same thing, but... Um, The number of Japanese couples who tied the knot in 2023 likely fell below 500,000. So this is the first time in 90 years. That's a long time. Uh, Japan will publish marriage data for 2023 late this month, uh, and it's expected to show that excluding foreign couples, number of marriages uh, decreased 5.8% from a year earlier to 476,000. So this is one estimate by Japan Research Institute. And not only that, back when the uh, stats were for marriage rates that were lower than that, Japan's population was half of what it is right now. Yeah, so in 1933, yeah, it was uh, roughly half of what it is today. Uh, And also, uh, as of 2020, the share of men who remained unmarried during their lifetime was 30%. So, um, and that didn't even reach 2% in 1933. 2%? Yeah. Uh, It's now 30%. And there's there's no sign that that's leveled off at either. Which means there are um, attempts by the government. Yeah, uh, I think the Kishida administration... Um, obviously, they're trying all sorts of things, but they uh, recently passed a bill that includes uh, certain supports, which was, uh, I think, enhanced child allowances and child care leave benefits. But uh, a lot of people are, I think, skeptical. Yeah, there's been attempts like this before, but this seems to be a more, uh, how do you say, focused or concerted mm. effort to get something done soon because... You can't put this off for much longer. Yeah, the falling birth rate is... I mean, Kishida has stressed that that's an issue um, that he's focusing on, but a lot of issues to tackle, I believe. Yeah, but that, the other problem is how much can a certain government initiative affect mm. change, mm-hmm. which is why there's another story that we yeah. published recently that's linked to this. That uh, It's about a matching app, a, a dating matching app that... Uh, arranges first dates based off of the ideal home. 
Wow. <laughs> I know. Would yeah. you use it, Brian? <laughs> I, the, uh, the, the, that's the part that it feels almost intimidating where they meet up. Well, first of all, you register with the service mm-hmm. and you explain whether you want to rent or buy and what your, um, well, they say what type of home you want, but I think that's a roundabout way of you know, how expensive of a home you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that might be an interesting way to get around some delicate questions that people <laughs> have about uh, the, a potential partner's future prospects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the app is by um, J- a Japanese real estate company, Open House Group. So I've, you know, I've imagined about a lot of uh, first dates, but not one where I'm going to a property viewing. <laughs> It, it, when I first read that, my thought was, uh, that that seems like a lot for a first date. <laughs> just just have a coffee, people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think the drop in marriages can uh, also be due to financial concerns. It, it's it's a it's kind of harsh to say this, but yeah, it, when people I mean, we want to think of romance and people wanting to find mm. uh, soulmates and yeah. such, but money does matter when it comes to finding mm-hmm. a place to live or raising kids mm-hmm. or getting a good education. Yeah. So I'm guessing that weighs on people's minds more than a lot of people would be willing to vocalize. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just sort of my assumption going on there. But mm-hmm. it would explain a lot of trepidation people. Yeah, have for yeah. This. I totally agree. And that brings us to the close of today's episode. We look forward to having you join up again for the next edition of the Nikkei Asia News Roundup. Stay informed, stay curious. Until next time, I'm Jada. And I'm Brian. See you again. Take care. This program is brought to you by Nikkei. 